This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's such an amazing feeling. The FA Cup, of course, for for everyone around the world, but in particular for British coaches, is such a special occasion. We've grown up watching it all our life, and and to be able to arrive here and, and play such a, an amazing team and, and win the game. Uh, and I feel deservingly won the game. Uh, it's, it, it, yeah, it hasn't quite sunk in yet, to be honest. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, it's just a, a sheer emotion and uh, and obviously the nature of the goal as well. It was a, a, a classic FA Cup winning goal and what a strike by Yuri. Uh, but also must mention Casper as well. What a save that was. Just, you know, he, he is a, a world-class goalkeeper. He doesn't get the credit for me that, uh, that he deserves because he is so consistent. But shows his concentration and it looked in but he produced an amazing save it's uh, it's more about the club really and couldn't talk you know for for the family for what they've given and uh, I'm just so so pleased for for everyone off the ball kicks off now on BFM 89.9 Brendan Rogers speaking after guiding Leicester City to their first ever FA Cup win at Wembley against Chelsea at Wembley with Fans, I might add. And, and what a difference that makes to football. Welcome to the Monday show with me, Ross. This is Off The Ball. Joining me this evening, I've got Arvin Sidhu. Hello, Arvin. Hello, everyone. What a crazy weekend. Paul Hacking Bottom beating Carlo and Surati away. That is the shock of the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> We've got two lads from the Friday show joining us as well. Hi, Craig Marais. Hello, hello. What a weekend of football it was. It was. And, and, and I tell you, my next guest has been doing uh, heading poses <laughs> all, since we started recording. <laughs> He's still doing it. Hi, Des Corkill. Hello. Now, am I the only one who's feeling a little bit of sympathy for Sam Allardyce, Sam West Brom, and VAR at the FA Cup final? Nobody's talking about it. Yeah, yeah. So much to discuss. Uh, appetite whetted there by Des Corkill. Do tweet at BFM Radio. Also follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. Look, we heard Brendan Rogers at the start. We should talk about the FA Cup final first. Chelsea nil, Leicester won. First up, 21,000 supporters in Wembley. It was... I, I cannot describe the joy of watching an attacking team go forward and the fans reacting. And, and it just... It, that was just superb, Arvin. Oh, it was great. And you could tell by, I mean, he was capped off by such a magnificent goal from Yuri Tielemans. The moment the ball went in and you saw the celebration with the fans and the players, it just makes us realise how much we've missed that through this pandemic. And it's really something that I think football fans should, should never take for granted, the ability to go on to a stadium and cheer your team on. I, the energy, even watching it from home, you could feel it. Um, it was an interesting game. I, I expected Chelsea to kind of do much better. I was quite puzzled by some of the choices that uh, Thomas Tuchel did in terms yeah. of his lineup. I mean, yeah, let, I, I don't know if he's got one one eye on the, the game against Leicester and Champions League as a priority, but this was an opportunity to win a cup, regardless of what you say. Yeah, I tell some you of what, kind of left me baffling. Yeah. Tell you what, uh, 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 Thomas has upset uh, Tammy Abraham's girlfriend, and you, I don't think you want to do that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but some of the choices were just baffling. And I think uh, Leicester, what a story, what a well-run club. And it's nice to see these kind of stories come up in football and really glad that they won it on the day. Yep. The Foxes were indebted. Uh, let's stick on to football stuff first. Indebted to two absolutely out-of-the-world saves by Kasper Schmeichel, Craig. What a performance. I mean, we, we talk about a worldly to win it uh, from Tielemans, but I mean, world-class saves from Schmeichel. Yeah, and it's a pity that that goes unnoticed, uh, to be honest with you, because of that uh, Yuri Tielemans goal, which obviously was was spectacular. But those saves were equally as deserving um, of the praise that Yuri Tielemans is getting. Um, you know, just just going on to Schmeichel, you know, um, you know, we said it over the years and everything, you know, it can't be easy for him growing up in his dad's shadow. Um, you know, he didn't get off, his career didn't get off to the best of starts, you know, no. played a little bit for the City first team. Uh, got dropped, Joe Hart emerged, and then he got sent off uh, down the lower leagues, uh, played for <clears throat> teams like Knox County, smaller teams like Leeds, 
And, um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> he's he's, he's caused the reaction. He's caused a reaction uh, <laughs> in our virtual studio. <laughs> Sorry, I've just had to. Um, no, but I mean, it's a great credit to him um, as well. You know, to to kind of uh, emerge from from the uh, lower divisions and to establish himself, and eventually, you know, by the time he finishes his career, a Premier League winner as well as an FA Cup winner, um, and, and not doing it with a with a supposed big club, you know, and it, and it's really good to see. And I think he he goes unrecognised. You know, when we talk about top keepers in the Premier League, you know, he never gets mentioned in the same breath as you know your Allisons, your Edisons, um, you know. And I think he is deserving. I think yep. you know you talk about consistent performances uh, or consistent performers uh, over the past few years, and he's right up there. You know, he's got everything. The only thing you could probably argue. It's maybe not as good as his feet as he is with uh, as as uh, Allison as Edison, but I mean, you talk about shot stopping reflexes. I mean, he's got it all. Yeah. Uh, he's a really top top keeper. Uh, might be the first father son goalkeeping duo to to win an FA Cup. I, I someone proved me wrong, but I'm coming to you now, Des Corkill, because Chelsea were cruelly denied an equaliser, a bundled in goal. VAR looked at it, and, and even the Leicester fans, I, I think someone tweeted, Vichai must be working the VAR. Because, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I think one of the players actually came out and said that. It was they? one of the players, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Madison, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, um, it was a tough decision on Chelsea, Des, as you're going to say. Uh, yeah, I am going to say. So, I mean, we're, we're all very happy for Leicester. It's great. Uh, uh, the big bad Chelsea have been put in their place and everyone's smiling, everyone's happy. Uh, uh, to bring up Arvin's point, we had cheering from Chelsea scoring a last-minute equaliser in a cup final. And then VAR intervenes. Now, here's my issue with VAR. Where they draw the line, so the line is drawn, which says that Chilwell has half a hair offside. The ball has left the foot of, the, of Thiago. You yeah. look at the, the still, the ball has left the foot of Thiago. Now, that is perhaps... Thiago? Sorry, I'm thinking Liverpool. Jorginho. Uh, 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 the, 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 ball, the ball in, when, when the ball is played, it is um, uh, uh, Thiago Silva. It was Thiago, wasn't it? Anyway, it doesn't matter who it was. But the, ball, the ball has left it the was foot. The, the ball has travelled around about six centimetres. And so the ball has been hit earlier than the, the time that they drew the line. Yeah. Haven't we seen the technology on, on, on TV where, where they, they literally have a 3D effect of... They, they can pan round to literally when the player kicks the ball. Can't we then... Pan round to the offside after that. I don't understand why is technology the, not work. That, but that, well, because, that, that because is, it's not an exact science. It is not exact. They're saying it's exact. They're making decisions saying it's exact, and it's not exact. I, you look at the line. Any still where they draw that line, the ball has left the foot of Thiago. The ball has travelled about six centimeters. Now, if you are telling me that Ben Chilwell has not in that time, be it a hundredth of a second or whatever, moved and, 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 and a bit, then you're, you're lying to me. <laughs> and this goal should have been allowed because the technology is utterly, utterly flawed. I have been against VAR for a long time. I've been looking at the point of contact for the ball. So when, it, when the line is drawn, fine, he's offside. But the ball's already been kicked. So mm. you've got to go back a frame or two frames. And anybody, I, I challenge anybody anywhere to look and say that that ball has not travelled the full length of the foot of Thiago Silva. So this is a, a last-minute equaliser in a cup final that has robbed Chelsea of an equaliser. And we're happy that it, that, that it was counted off because it's Chelsea. That's how we want to do it. <laughs> oh, we don't like you, so we like VAR. Oh, we like you, so we hate VAR. <laughs> this is one of the fundamental problems of VAR. It is not an exact science, and yet they are claiming it is an exact science. If I am Chelsea, somebody sometime is going to make a legal claim against this and is going to, 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 to stop the game of football or stop, stop VAR because it is palpably wrong absolutely 
palpably wrong. That changed the game. One all, Wes Morgan's on. <laughs> it would have been a Wes Morgan on goal. <laughs> it would have been a Wes Morgan on goal. Quite funny. But but to me, that is such an injustice from a system that is meant to end injustices. I, I, it's I, I, crap. I, I don't think anyone here disagrees with, with Des. That Chelsea were hard done by. The, the all season, the VAR drawing of lines, crazy. But let's put that aside. Let, let's talk about the good things that happened. For me, seeing top the son of Vichai come onto the pitch and celebrate uh, with, with, with the Leicester City. I mean, that was that was heartening, Arvin. That, that was just... I mean, who knew billionaire owners can be loved by fans and players? Who knew? Exactly. Exactly. And it brings me back to the point that Leicester is such a well-run club. They, 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 the projection, that leadership that they give compared to the likes of the Cronkiers who don't even sometimes go to games at Arsenal, the likes of the Glazers who come out with statements which you know they don't mean it behind it. To have someone to actually be part of that experience and you could see the images of him holding that cup, you can see how much it means to him. So it was just another very, very good story of the weekend. And, <laughs> and, and I agree. I mean, when we look back at it, we've kind of, all that celebration has kind of pushed away what's happened with Chelsea. I get it. I, I, and, and completely right what that Des has said. But it, it doesn't take away from the fact that this was a club that is on the up. And I've looked, I've looked at some stats right now. We're looking at what, are, are we still talking about top six? Shouldn't Leicester be there right now? Shouldn't the likes of Arsenal and Tottenham be out of it because of the fact that Leicester has won a cup? Tottenham haven't won a, a trophy in like almost, <laughs> I God knows, five thousand over days. That's how long it's been. So it's really it was it was a nice story to end uh, end the, the FA Cup journey of this season. And I just can't wait for the competition to start next next season with fans back in as much as possible. Yeah, uh, um, the the only thing is it's 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 less of an occasion. I remember growing up watching. The, the TV presenters literally on the coach of each team. And it would be live on telly. It was all part of the build-up. And, and then there were no other games on TV. And, and the FA Cup was special. But still, very special to Leicester. There were Premier League games on over the weekend. Some very spectacular ones. Des is already smiling. Uh, let's go through them. Friday night saw a seven-goal thriller from the northeast of England, Craig Marias. Newcastle 3, Man City 4, Ferran Torres with, with a hat-trick. Has Pep uncovered a, a new number nine? Yeah, well, he's been doing this the whole season, hasn't he? Um, Aguero's not been available. Um, I don't think he really trusts uh, Gabriel Jesus that much. Um, and, and he's resorted to playing that false nine position. And uh, Ferran Torres, you know, we knew he had potential when he came to City. Um, we all saw him as an out-and-out wide player. Um, but, you know, what a false nine he's becoming, you know. Um, I, I thought, you know, you, you talk about Aguero leaving and, and City in the market for, for um, you know, a big striker. big A lot of nine. talk about Barcelona bound, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, there is. Um, and, you know, you know, I think he can still do a decent job at, at a top club. Um, but, you know, does Pep have to go into the transfer market and, and spend big, you know, if he has someone of this kind of quality? Um, yes, you know, you, you'll always need a striker, I feel, you know, especially when you're, you're Man City and you're, you're challenging for the top honours. Um, but, you know, I think Ferran Torres has given him a, a, a big problem. And, and that's not only with this game. You know, he's played there a few times this season yeah. in that position yeah. um, and he scored goals. Um, he, his goal return is pretty decent when he's, when he's played as that false nine. Um, so I think he's given Pep something to think about. Um, and, and we know Pep likes to kind of um, evolve um, consist, uh, constantly. And, uh, and I think this might be another thing that he's doing, you know, with, with, a, with an eye on a couple of years' time. And um, maybe this is the kind of direction that City go and, and Pep goes uh, with that false nine, you know, and uh, a, a lot of rotation around the front three. Um, it, it, he could be onto something. But uh, Ferran Torres, I mean, the way he took his goal, the, the flick, I think it was the first goal, yeah. um, was absolutely incredible. <laughs> I mean, talk about nice. some of the goals of the season. Yeah. Um, that, that's surely got to be up there. I mean, the... It was a split, split moment thing uh, that, that you kind of do based on instinct, and and he reacted well to to the free kick, and just what a what a finish! But credit to Newcastle and their role in this. Um, I, I thought they were they were really good, and they've had a strong end to the season, Newcastle. Uh, yeah. And credit to Steve Bruce. And I bet you, Pep Guardiola has an alternative game going with someone, some of his mates going. You know, I'm going to mess up every FPL manager. Scott yeah. Carson, Ingle. 
10 years after his last appearance. Let's put him in there. <laughs> that, that was the biggest news of the weekend. It was the biggest. The celebration <laughs> was very funny. But um, uh, Des Cole... the penalty as well, don't forget, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Newcastle. Now, Steve Bruce can be proud, Des, that they did put up a fight. Joe Linton, much maligned by this show, particularly... <laughs> <laughs> Um, I actually put in a good shift. I mean, they they were they, they were quite good to watch. They've started to try and win games. Uh, it, it, it's my constant mantra. Is it because uh, the pressure's off? Uh, maybe, maybe not. But um, if they can play like this against Man City, uh, albeit with uh, with two penalties, etc. But if they can can put up this kind of scrap as they did against Man City, as they did against Liverpool, as they have in the last three or four games, as they as they did in the win at Everton. Although everyone's winning at Everton at the moment, aren't they? Uh, but um, it, it, why don't teams try to go for it? We'll talk about West Brom uh, and Liverpool later. West Brom had a go at Liverpool for, for, for over the last 20 minutes. Teams who go and have a go get rewards. And, uh, and it makes it, and it, it completely changes the atmosphere of, of, the, of the fans, of the, the, of the attitude to, to teams. If you're getting battered every week, of course, it, it's a slight problem. But, um, but, but it's better to, to lose having a go than lose a stuffy 1-0 and be derided as boring, boring, boring and not excite your fans. Um, so, great. I'm, I'm, I'm glad for Newcastle, but they still lost. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very rare Monday, Newcastle fans. Des Corkill has put a tick next to Newcastle United for this week. <laughs> Let's talk about Burnley nil, Leeds United 4. We've got a member of the Leeds United Supporters Club of Malaysia prison, Arvin Sidhu. Nicely kitted out in the uh, away strip. Um, good win. I-, I thought Jack Harrison really stood out there. Two assists and a goal. Obviously, Rodrigo gets all the headlines, coming on as a super sub, and he he, he looked good. Leeds, very good value for money at the moment. So-called Bielsa burnout. Where's that happened? That hasn't happened. I mean, a lot of, lot of pundits and a lot of fans came on and said, at the end of the season, this is going to happen. They probably look the most fittest team in the division right now. They're guaranteed a top 10 finish, most likely in the event that they can stave off Villa. And I think for a first season back up to 16 years, that's absolutely fantastic. 16 wins, six the most goals scored in the league, most goals scored from outside the box. So back to Des, that shows that they play exciting football, expansive football. And Jack Harrison, Jack Harrison is, is a really nice story of just how Bielsa continuously looks to improve the players that he has got. Jack Harrison's on his third year loan with Leeds right now. There is a clause for Leeds to buy him at the end of the season. But when you look at it in terms of the goals and the assist, he's got more goals than Timo Werner, KDB, more assists than Sterling Mane. But we don't talk enough about it because he's Jack Harrison. But he plays against every other team in the Premier League and he's got the goals and assists in, in terms of the returns. So it's a really proud moment to be a Leeds fan right now. Uh, double over the, over the Clarets as well. Uh, Dad's probably be happy because it's against boring, boring Burnley. But Burnley, <laughs> Burnley came out to play. Um, they I thought did the first it. 20 Burnley did well, but then <clears throat> then Leeds just took over. Leeds just Leeds just took over, and uh, good story for Rodrigo as well. Exciting times. We're looking at the summer and seeing what Leeds can do in terms of uh, improving the team in one or two positions that they need to improve. Um, they were already at, at the beach, weren't they? Craig Marias, Burnley players. Um, job done. Not not tools down, but job done for the season. Yeah, I, I don't really know if it was um, th- them off to the beach, actually. I, I just thought Leeds were, were really, really good. And sometimes you just got to give credit where it's due. I think Leeds, uh, sorry, Burnley in the second half uh, showed a bit more of a fire for the first half. They were, they were definitely poor. Uh, but then you look at, you know, I mean, there's, there's no Nick Pope in there. And, um, you know, I think he makes a massive difference to that back line. Um, but I think, you know, we're not giving <clears throat> Leeds the credit um, they deserve for this win. Um, I thought, you know, I agree with everything that Arvin said. You know, they played them off the park. Um, and uh, it, it was just one of those days where everything just clicked for uh, for, for Leeds and not so much for Burnley. Um, Rodrigo, um, you know, has has to be said, hasn't, been great this season uh, for the kind of money that they spent on him uh, but we know he's got quality it's just a matter of seeing it and um, y- you know he showed it in that in that 15 minute spell or yeah. whatever it was you know and, and he really should have got a hat trick he um, really should have know. got a hat trick yes. <laughs> yeah uh, and that would have just capped off a, a remarkable day for Leeds but um, yeah uh, 
it's it's interesting to see what Leeds are going to do in the in the summer, really, because you look at that that squad, and yes, it does need a bit of strengthening. Um, but obviously, Leeds, I don't think you know they're going to go out and splash cash. But Bielsa is very careful about who he purchases. You know, it has to kind of fit uh, his philosophy. Has to kind of fit the mold. Um, so, so I'm looking forward to, to to seeing Leeds next season. And uh, you know, I always I, I said at the start of the season, I think you know, for any promoted side, the the bare minimum is to to, to finish seventeenth. Um, in the Premier League, and, and they've they've done much better than that. Could possibly even finish above um, Everton and, and Arsenal. Um, so yeah, imagine if that happens. You know, it'd be very very remarkable. And um, credit credit to Leeds and Bielsa this season. All right, we're going for our first break. Stick around, and more of the weekend's football right after this. They are off and running in 2021. Off the ball on BFM 89.9. Well, the rules have been clarified and, and they've looked to, to balance things fair in a fairer fashion. Off the ball on BFM 89.9. And we're back with Arvin Sidhu, Des Corkill and Craig Marias looking at the weekend's football. Brighton won, West Ham won. Uh, West Ham's hopes of Champions League football ended. A day by the seaside is really harmful, Des Corkill. Not advisable. I thought West Ham were incredibly unlucky today. Um... Against Brighton, they they dominated, created chances. Um, they, they they come away with a draw. They've got the late equaliser through through Ben Rama, but gosh, they'll look on this one as, as an opportunity gone by. I've not been a West Ham fan all the way through. I've expected them to plummet. I think this is one of the times where they've actually gone and dominated the game and not got the re- not got the result that they that they were really chasing. Um, I, I don't say I feel sorry for them, but it's it it was. Tough for them to take. A point probably won't be enough at this stage of the season. And they might even miss out on that Europa League place. They're talking about Champions League, but they're dropping so many points now. They could uh, drop even further down. Great goal by Ben Rama. Um, But uh, the the goal conceded from from Welbeck was, I think, only the second or third real attack of the second half from Brighton. And so for once, Brighton came out uh, of a game with more than they perhaps deserved, which hasn't been the story of their season. Yeah, um, Graham Potter's Brighton, it's been the same story. They play really pretty football. Final third, it all breaks down. Uh, they have lost, what was it, 25 points, Arvin, from winning positions this season. You've got to cut that out, really. You have to. Uh, yeah, I was, it was quite interesting reading his, uh, listening to his comments after the game. He said there's a lot to be excited about for Brighton for next season. Those were his exact words. Uh, there's been a lot of talk also in the press of whether... He would be up for the Spurs job, but he seems to be very, very much into what they're doing over there at the MX Stadium. So I expect him to be there for the next season. And, and whatever you said is done, they're approaching now their sixth season in the Premier League. They've kind of consolidated as they go along. It's just that question of where do they go next from it? It seems very much that he's going to be part of that project. So it's really what they need to do is they just need to they just need to convert. They just need to be more clinical. I mean, a lot of Brighton fans, and I read a lot of their their forums because Ben White is used to be Leeds and I like to just keep tabs on where he's at. <laughs> Percy Tao, lots of players, lots of fans want yeah. him to play. And that yeah. true ball that he gave for Danny Welbeck, yeah. you ask yourself the question, why, is, why hasn't he played more? Yeah. So Danny Welbeck, 50th Premier League goal, Percy Tao, I thought played really well. So interesting. Let's see what they do next season. But it's just that clinical aspect. They've lacked it this season. Maupay is not going to get you more than 15 goals a season. Where, where do the goals come from? I don't think it's even going to get you more than 10, really. (laughs) (laughs) Eve Bissouma is another Brighton player that a lot of people are are talking about, the defensive central midfielder. Speaking of defensive central midfielders, Craig Marais, uh, Declan Rice is one that West Ham will be trying to keep hold of in the summer. They've also got business like try and get Lingard on a permanent deal. But Moises, the man, you can't deny that now. Surely every West Ham fan's got to admit that, yeah, he's our manager. Yeah, without doubt, um, especially after the season that they've had. Um, you know, there was a lot of negativity around the appointment. Um, obviously, the second time uh, that West Ham have appointed Moyes. Um, and you could understand why, you know, it seemed like a backward step uh, by the owners, uh, Golden Sullivan. Um, however, they, you know, you know, credit to them, you know, it seems like they've got it spot on. I think good recruitment. Um, has been key for West Ham. I think you look at the likes of, uh, you talk about Rice and and and, and Lingard and, and and players like that. But you know, Sufal, um, yeah. and, uh, You talk about Suchek. 
you know, th those are very good signings, you know, no one kind of knew who they were when, uh, before they've come to the Premier League, uh, but, you know, they, they've, they slotted in and, and they've been absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, as I said, you know, the, the January signing of Lingard has made a massive uh, difference. But Even Jared Bowen the, was brought in by yeah, Moyes. Well, as I was just yeah. about to say, you know, yeah. uh, you look at the other ones like Jared Bowen, yeah. uh, like Ben Rama um, as well. You know, Ben Rama, first season in the Premier League, um, took a while to get going, slowly starting to find his feet. Um, so it's been good all around from West Ham. You know, um, I think even, you know, you go further back and you look at Craig Dawson, um, yeah. obviously has played at this level before, um, is very experienced uh, within the English league. Um, but he, he's had a fantastic season as well. Um, so a lot of credit has to be, uh, has to go to Moyes and the way he set West Ham up tactically. Um, you know, they're, they're devastating on the break with the pace that they've got up front with Antonio, Lingard, uh, Bowen, or Ben Rama, whoever plays. Um, and, and it's been exciting to see that the big thing is, you know, um, the, the finish to the season is obviously going to be very important in seeing if they can get European football. But if they don't, can they keep hold of Declan Rice? We know Chelsea were interested last uh, last summer. Uh, we we expect, uh, you know, maybe the likes of City maybe to go in for him as well. Mm -hmm. Chelsea to go back in for him, possibly United. Um, can they keep hold of him? You know, if, if a big bid comes in, it'll be very interesting to see. Mm, they'll be down to the Soho Dirty Duo to decide that one. <laughs> All right. The, yeah, in, in, in cryptic fashion. Um, the game of the weekend, certainly for Des Corkill. Um, I, I've got to say that there are moments in games. Um, David Beckham's goal from the halfway line. That Aguero moment. <laughs> or if you want to go back further, Steve Bruce's a uh, very, very late double against Sheffield Wednesday in 1992. I'm talking about Allison's header in the 94th minute to hand Liverpool a 2-1 win over West Brom. It was one of those EPL moments, Des Corkill. Unbelievable, incredible, indescribable. Um, what he did, it was a great header as well because it's slightly behind him and he's gone back and he's flicked it through any centre-forward I'd be so proud of that. Uh, I do want to slightly change the angle because the euphoria surrounding it has been so incredible. I mean, my, my Twitter and Facebook and social media has just exploded. Some of it pretty, pretty nasty, etc. Um, but Liverpool huffed and puffed. They got the win. But my word, that is, that is the tightest margin that you can possibly imagine. It was desperation that he went up there. Where was the marking? Who was at the front post for West Brom? Uh, so they've defended magnificently corners the whole time, West Brom. And I know nobody's designated to pick up Allison, but everybody has gone back post. And both um, uh, Nat Phillips and Allison were left unmarked. Nat Phillips missed the header, and uh, Allison got the header in. So I'm kind of looking at West Brom just from from a defensive point of view. That is that's dreadful. That is mm. dreadful. It's an incredible story. Phenomenal, incredible, particularly the emotion afterwards, um, um, dedicating it to his, his father who passed away earlier this year. He's just become a dad as well. So yeah. from a personal point of view, it's incredible. From a sporting point of view, gosh, it, it doesn't get doesn't get better than that. But Burnley away next. And you've just got to focus on that. But the euphoria from me on, 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 on Twitter from Liverpool fans, yo, too much, man, too much. And some of it's been pretty, pretty narky. Not, you know, everyone's going, oh, it's... It's, oh. it's not done yet. I know. It's not done Nowhere yet. Nowhere near. Nowhere near. Not by a long way. And then you've got Palace at home. And Palace, <laughs> if, if, if yeah. Palace decide to play like they did against Aston Villa and attack, you're playing against a team with Reese Williams at centre-back, for heaven's sake. West Brom attacked for 70 minutes, then sat back. And if they'd carried on attacking, or not attacking, but being progressive, trying to win the game, I think Liverpool were there for the taking. Mm. Can, I, can, I, can I just say on that, you know, Des, you're missing out a very important thing there, which is Chelsea and Leicester playing against each other yeah. in the next well, game. Well, 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 I we'll understand. Talk... I, I know yeah. the context. I absolutely understand the context. Yeah. Okay. Well well, 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 we'll discuss that one. But were West Brom a little bit unlucky? Uh, they had a goal ruled out by VAR. Exactly. Um, yeah, and, and even even the free kick, which led to Liverpool's goal, was the referee, I don't know, it was Fabinho touching the referee and then the referee going, now it should have been a drop ball, if anything. But it became a free kick to Liverpool. So it was really weird. Um, Arvin, 
were, were what was was um, large Samuel right to <laughs> complain after the final whistle? Yes, definitely. And it's but but Liverpool fans, when they look back on it, they will probably probably see there's a lot of calls this season that's gone against them. So yeah. this is some of, you know how the old ad, adage is that it evens itself yeah, out yeah, throughout yeah. the season, right? That's what we always say. So that's always been the case. But this for me, and yes, uh, the euphoria, when I saw that goal go in, I knew what was going to happen. The WhatsApps, the Twitters, it's just going to explode. It's just going to go crazy. <laughs> oh, he's done it. And he's, he's the only goalkeeper that's actually scored a winning goal. A winning. We've had goals from Paul Robinson. We've had goals from Casper Schum- uh, from Peter Schumacher. But this is a winning goal. So there's an added importance to it. But this was just clear example why West Brom are doomed for, were doomed for the championship for months. Because for all the work that Big Sam does, he must be pulling his hair out because they do so much of good work. And then at the basics of marking, completely gone. Those are championship players and they did not improve when they came up. And they're going back to where they belong. And now it's just a question of whether he wants to stay there and whether he's got the fight for a promotion campaign. He brought Newcastle back up once. Will he do it this time? Yeah. Another question altogether. Oh, he brought West Ham back up. So, yeah, sorry. it's not that I like to break up football sides, but uh, Pereira at West Brom, Craig, <laughs> he he looks like he could he could step up in class. Yeah, um, like we knew about him last season in the Championship and how well, he nearly scored uh, from the corner <clears> twice. Well yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's got he's got a wonderful left foot, hasn't he? Um, and uh, I think there will be a few clubs that will be sniffing around. Um, him, I mean, it's it, he's been consistent. You know, he's, he was their best player last season. He's been their best player this season, um, and uh, you know, I think a few clubs uh, would have have noticed that, taken notice of his performances, and um, and, and will be looking to to probably sign him because I think a player of that kind of quality um, doesn't deserve to be in in the championship now. Forty forty eight point five percent. Pereira contributes to forty eight point five percent of West Brom's goals this season in the Premier League. Yeah, astounding. But it, yeah, but it's quite easy to to, to get You know, um, you know when you go when you move to a, a a Premier League team, a more established Premier League team. You know, I, I don't expect that kind of. Uh, uh, percentage, um, it, you know, uh, in terms of goal involvement, but um, what a player he is, and I think, uh, you know, I'm just struggling to think of, of teams that that will kind of have him. But you know, you think about your your Everton's, your, yeah. your, your West Ham's, you know, Villa. I think the Villas, yeah, yeah, you know, they could really do with a player like that. I think, and um, hey, even Leeds, you know, yeah. I, I don't know what Arvin yeah. thinks, but I mean, I think it, it'll be a cracking little player for for, for Leeds as well, uh, coming off that that right hand side or whatever he. So um, no, good good player, uh, good signing by by West Brom, but it's just not been good enough for West Brom. Goals have been a problem for them, and and defensively they just haven't been good enough. All right, we're going into another break. Well done, Liverpool. Well done, Allison. Uh, unlucky Big Sam and West Brom. We'll be back right after this. Immediate thrust, recognisable certainty, and a nasty dig in the ribs. Off the ball on BFM eighty nine point nine. Five yards out, unchallenged, unmarked, makes absolutely no mistake. Off the ball on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking around. Arvin Sidhu, Craig Marais and Des Corkill on this Monday evening. Joining me to look back at the weekend's EPL action. Of course, you can follow us on uh, social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. You can tweet everybody individually or tweet at BFM Radio and quote the football show. Um, right, some of the other scores over the weekend we should quickly discuss. Uh, Tottenham 2, Wolves 1. Um, well, where do we start here? Uh, there's Spurs are trying to get back to entertaining Spurs. Um, they, they, they were up against a very poor Wolves side, though. Very ordinary Wolves side, but I think Deli Ali is coming right back into form. Do you reckon um, it's Pep? He, he's, he's got a little Pep. <laughs> something, I, well, I, 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 I don't know what it's done, but uh, he, he went off the radar for a little while. Maybe uh, um, Mourinho dragged him down. He, he, he didn't give him enough TLC. But uh, a good Deli Ali is, is, is very inventive. His little ball in for uh, um, Harry Kane. So Harry Kane hit the post after a Deli Ali lovely ball, and then the rebound came back to 
Deli Alley, and he, he hit the post as well. But he's been really creative. And Tottenham, uh, I always thought I always thought they'd be a better 4-3-3, but they're playing the 4-2-3-1. Deli Alley in that number 10 position, where he's been able to play those cute little passes in around the side. And, uh, uh, you know, Tottenham had just had that implosion from November until February. And, um, it, yeah, they coincided with Deli Alley not being on form. I've never been his biggest fan, um, but you, you can see the difference he makes. Um, but Tottenham are still so dependent upon Harry Kane, of mm. course. It's all, well, it's all about Harry Kane. Um, do, do tweet in about Dele Ali's hairstyle and, and your thoughts. <laughs> I, I don't think it's very aerodynamic. <laughs> but but Wolves, um, the poor kid, they signed for 35 million, Craig. What's his name? Fabio Silva. Fabio Silva. He's... Yeah. He took an absolute battering on Twitter. I felt so sorry for I was thinking, I hope he doesn't have a Twitter account. Um, but he was, yeah, I mean, culpable. Yeah. A lot of Wolves players were, really. They, they've they just been off all season. It's a, it's a surprise that they're still a Premier League team. Yeah, um, after the fantastic season they had after they came up from the Championship. You know, it's it's been a really, really poor season by... Uh, Wolf standards. Um, just going on Fabio Silva, if you play football manager, he's absolutely amazing on the game. <laughs> he, he's a wonder kid in last season's edition. And, uh, you know, when, when Wolves signed him, I thought, wow, they, they, they've got they've got onto something here. You know, uh, you know, a player for the future. He, he, I mean, he's only 17, 18. He's really young as well. Uh, so let's not forget that. But, I mean, he, he's he's been forced to step into um, Raul Jimenez's shoes, which is difficult in itself. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's just not quite cut it. You know, I mean, you look at some young players that have been thrust into the spotlight. I think the Sheffield United player um, is a good example of that, um, who, who scored against Everton uh, last night. Um, and some players just step into it, you know, seamlessly. And uh, Fabio Silva seems to struggle. Nice touch lets him down at times. His finishing isn't that great. Um, you know, when you look at plays, you can see, oh, there's a bit of potential there and, and you know, there's something good. With Fabio Silva, I can't quite see it. So, um, interesting to 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 see what, what the scouts report said uh, when, when Wolves were about to part <laughs> with that kind of money. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I, I just go back to it and I say, you know, Raul Jimenez missing from that team is, is massive because... Yeah. Uh, it's not like they don't create chances. I mean, you look at you know players like Podence, who's who's been injured, obviously uh, Pedro Pedro Neto, sorry, um, that that that's been there. They have got players Triore, uh, they got players that create chances, but it's about putting them away. And and they did, as soon as they uh, lost Raúl Jiménez, you know they lost that that kind of bite in in, in attack. Uh, they signed William Jose, who hasn't quite done it as well. Um, so there've been a lot of factors, a lot of factors. I think they're definitely missing uh, Diego Jota. Um, I think, you know, with, uh, what's his name at right back, uh, Matt Doherty, mm. uh, they lost him as well. Yeah. Um, you know, hasn't had a great season at Spurs, but kind of fit uh, the tactical system that, that Wolves were playing in it. And they don't quite have the same thing with Semedo there. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think it's been a transitional season, you could say, for Wolves. Um, I expect them to, to go into the transfer market um, and, and beef up that squad uh, massively. Uh, one thing I, I do do want to see is though uh, Raúl Jiménez make an appearance um, just before the season ends. I think that'll be a, a nice little touch. Yeah, with fans back in the stadium, that'd be really, really. I think they they Man United right last game, so that, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Southampton beat Fulham three uh, one. Ralph Hasenhuttle labelled Nathan Taller or Nat Teller. See what I did there? Um, <laughs> the biggest talent. <laughs> that Southampton have. That's what he said. Crystal Palace 3, Aston Villa 2 um, was surprisingly, Des Corkill, entertaining this one. Palace went to try to win the game. Aston Villa went to try to win the game. Look at the end result. Fabulous game of football that was, that was watchable. Um, uh, Villa, what a goal by John McGinn, by the way. But uh, we talk about great goals, but the way he slides his in off the post with a, an accurate shot, wonderful. But Eze was direct. Zaha was direct. I've always been a fan of Benteke. Always. I, I, I think he, at his best, he wasn't far off Lukaku. He wasn't Lukaku, but at his best, he could have been. And he scored a, a, another uh, header. It's three and three now. Yeah. He's a beast in the air. And yeah. it's a glorious header. So I, I, I think Crystal Palace, when the coaches let them off the leash, when they're allowed to attack, I think 
it just makes the game so, so different. And they've got this striking prowess. They can score goals. They don't need to worry about opponents because they can cause problems themselves if they really try. So like Newcastle, like Burnley, Palace, go out and try to win games more than just not losing games. And it becomes a completely different uh, feel, vibe, entertainment. And this, this, this was great fun. Again, they'll lose more, uh, they'll, they'll lose some, but they'll win more because they, they play in such, in such a di- direct way. Yeah, well, there's so many questions at Crystal Palace. I think up to, what, 11 members out of contract. Roy Hodgson, will he stay? Um, that one will run, and, and yeah, we'll probably talk about that. But uh, Aston Villa, it's turned out to be a flat season for them, Arvin. Uh, a lot of promise. Um, I, I know they've had to deal with Grealish injury, but uh, the side they have still, and th- the fact that they were twice ahead in this game, for goodness sake. Yeah, and um, uh, Craig made a very good point before the show. We were talking about some of the defence uh, uh, personnel that they were missing. Matty Cash wasn't there, but Ezri Konsa looked completely lost without Tyron Mings next to him. He looked like he really didn't know what to do. I was a bit disappointed because Dean Smith gets a lot of praise and a lot of accolades for what he's done, and rightfully so, because the, the performance and the results have been there. But he should have seen that second half, and he should have realised that, okay, my midfield here is getting badly overrun, because that's what it was. The second half, it was just Palace all the yeah, way. And all he, the way. He yeah. just And he just stood there, and he looked like he didn't, he didn't have any answers. I don't know, maybe it's because... It's the end of the season. They, they, but they still could have. They still are in a shot to be in a top ten position, and they, that should be enough of an impetus for you to try and. I'm going to change things up. So that was. It's a disappointing tail end towards the season. Uh, but the funny bit I was looking at is for all that we praise Palace and what they've done, and I thought they were completely unrecognizable side in the second half. You would think Palace, they've they've survived. They're going to be in the Premier League. Come on, Royal Hudson, mix it up. Give some youth some chance. What does he do? He puts two goalkeepers on the bench. That's right, Hudson, for you. <laughs> A message to Simon Jordan, maybe. Um, all right, let's wrap Simon up. Jordan? Uh, is it Simon? No. Um, Steve Parrish. Yeah, Steve Parrish, Simon <laughs> Jordan. Totally different guy. Watching too much talk sport, you are. Walking too much talk sport. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Everton, talk about disappointing teams. Uh, they, they lost at home to Sheffield United. That was the late game, uh, to be fair. I think most of us just saw the goal. Nice goal by young Jabison. I watched it worse. I did watch it. I, I, I saw the goal <laughs> and then I, I thought, no, I'm not going to watch this because I had Dominic Calvert-Lewis <laughs> as my captain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think, um, you know, I think Carlo Ancelotti, you know, came out of the press conference after the match and, and, he, and he just summed it up, really. Embarrassing. And it, and it was, you know, Everton have been so poor at home this season. Um, and, and then you play Sheffield United as well, you know, who really relegated, nothing really to play for. But what a spirited performance it was from them. You know, I thought ev- everything that we saw last night was what they did the season before. Yeah. Um, you know, defended well. Um, you know, they, they were tough to break down. Um, created a few chances as well, surprisingly. Um, and Everton, you know, with all the quality that they have, um, in those attacking areas, just couldn't find a way through and, and couldn't prize them open. And uh, it was a very, surprisingly, a very good Sheffield United performance. Uh, but Everton, a lot of work to do, I think. Um, you know, for, for the money they kind of invest into that squad, um, I think the owners will be expecting a lot more than that. And uh, and it'll be interesting to see, again, uh, what they're going to be doing in the transfer market. Um, yeah, especially with Ancelotti there. When that Jebison goal went in, I immediately felt for Rian Brewster. He's been bought yeah. for loads of money. Oh, okay. Had our, you know what I mean? Time on the pitch, and he couldn't buy a goal. And then Jepson comes in, far post, throws himself yeah. at the ball, boom! Yeah. First start in the Premier League as well. First start. Sorry, Des, you want to say something? Uh, yeah, Adam uh, Aaron Ramsdale's double save. World, yeah. World, yeah. World, yeah. World oh, class. Yeah. Yeah. World Agreed. class. The first one's Agreed. good. The second one, he's up so quickly. And uh, it reminded me of Dudek's save in the, the Champions League. It's the impossible save. And um, deserves credit for that. That goes in. It's a different game. Of course it is. But it didn't. So it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's your weekend's football. We're going for our final break. When we come back, we'll look forward to a midweek round of EPL action. No happy return, but a reality check bordering on a rude awakening. Off the ball on BFM 89.9.
for this season off and running with a goal inside eight minutes. Off the ball on BFM 89.9. And here we are, Arvin Craig and Des looking forward to Tuesday and Wednesday's action. If we have time, we'll talk about the playoffs, the championship playoffs happening tonight as well. But first, uh, Man United against Fulham. Man United were not in action over the weekend because they were forced to play three games last week. <laughs> um, Wednesday, 1 a.m. kickoff. Um, Fulham. I mean, we've seen Everton slip up. Craig, I'll let you. St- I'll, I'll let you take this one. We've seen Everton slip up with with uh, Sheffield United. Surely, surely, can't happen at Old Trafford. Ten thousand fans allowed back in. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the that's the positive news uh, for for May United. I think uh, their their home form hasn't been great this season, uh, and a lot of that has been put down to the fact that the fans weren't there. Uh, which you know, I, I'm not sure how much I want to buy into that. Um, but, uh, you know, just, just having those fans there, um, I, I think will make a massive difference, especially uh, with the week that United have just had, with the week that they're about to have as well. Uh, let's not forget, you know, a big, big final uh, to, to, uh, to prepare for. Um, Villarreal warmed up well with a 4-0 win. Yeah, 4-0 against Sevilla as well. Sevilla, Very good yeah. win. Yeah. Very good win. So it's not going to be an easy final. Um, I don't think any of us thought it would. Um, but, you know, they need to, after the two losses um, last week, they kind of need to get back on track. You know, um, I think that the Liverpool one will obviously be more damaging um, just because of the the kind of mistakes, the manner in which the goals were conceded. Um, and, and I think, you know, a lot will be, you know, a lot of the focus will be on Maguire and, and if United can cope without him. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if, if someone like Twinzabe comes back into it because, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm not convinced by Lindelof and, and, and the Bayi pairing, um, but they need to get back on winning uh, onto that kind of winning mentality yeah. um, as they as they head towards the final. I, I hope they practice defending set pieces. That's my only hope. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just hope they practice defending. <laughs> Wednesday, one a.m. Man United, Fulham. Uh, Man City should win at Brighton. Brighton probably won't score. That one's Wednesday, two a.m. Um, they have finished 15th and 17th, uh, what, in, in their previous seasons, Brighton. They, they, I don't think they can go higher than 15th, Arvin, but it would be some statement to, to beat the champions in your last home game of the season. Uh, but it ain't happening. I mean, <laughs> on, on, on the okay. where, where I, I was thinking to myself when, when Newcastle came to town and they were giving the guard of honor to, to the Man City players, I was thinking, are they giving the guard of honor to Steve Bruce because he's one manager of the month <laughs> and he's somehow kept the month? So I was, but it ain't happening. I mean, City can can make a raft of changes. They can bring in anyone. Nathan Acker can play. That Riyad Mahrez can come in. Uh, Phil Foden will come in. Brighton, Brighton are already in the beach where, where, where they belong. So this is city, city all, all the way. I hope they've gone down to Bournemouth because it's sandy beaches over there. Brighton's all rocky, you know. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, now the, the game, the tie of midweek, Des Corkill, has got to be uh, Chelsea against Leicester City. It's a repeat of the FA Cup final. This time, three precious points up for grabs. Um, as a Liverpool fan, I'm sure you only look at it that way. <laughs> How do you want this one to go? Uh, they, can they both lose? <laughs> <laughs> yes, for you, Des. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that would be a, a nice way for a VAR to first. <laughs> <laughs> Negative points each. No, I, you, you, Leicester, I, I think we'd like Leicester um, to, to win. Because, because they've got that six-point lead, right? Because they've got that six-point lead, so from a Liverpool point of view. But I, I just look at Chelsea in their last two matches where they were so unfortunate against Arsenal in their last league game, which they lost yeah. by yeah. a goal to nil. I, I still say, as I argued before, that they was robbed in the FA Cup final uh, by Leicester. Great story, love, feel-good story, whatever it is. Chelsea were robbed. So either their luck has run out at completely the wrong time or they are going to get a rub of the green. Uh, because it, they're not playing badly. Yeah. They're not doing many things wrong. And yet they're not getting the results in those last two matches after such a long run where they've been so good. So I'm, I'm imagining that Chelsea will pick this one up and probably Timo Werner will decide that this is the time to, to start scoring goals. Because Leicester will still be euphoric. Leicester, I think, will believe that they have done enough already, uh, having won the cup final. Um, they'll still be euphoric. 
of course, I could be completely wrong, but I, I, I can perceive Chelsea doing Leicester here, although I'd much prefer Leicester to beat Chelsea on this occasion. Um, yeah, well, well, Tom, football's a funny old game. You hear that said a lot. Uh, Craig Every Marais, week by you. Well, <laughs> no, not just me. I'd love to be the one who coined it, but no. Um, it is a funny old game. And weeks ago, days ago, singing the praises of Thomas Tuchel, Craig Marais, he could end up the season literally flat on his face. Like, say he loses at the cup final as well to City, misses out to Liverpool on fourth. Wow. Yeah, I think the ideal scenario here would probably be Leicester beating uh, Chelsea um, uh, tomorrow um, and then Chelsea beating City in the Champions League. And that means they, they get into the Champions League anyway, don't they? So, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fourth then, place then team will lose out, right? No, they get five places. Five places. If, if, ah. if, if Chelsea win, they get, get five, five places. places. So, everybody's so, so happy everyone's, then. everyone's a winner, including <laughs> English football. Um, so, so that would be the ideal. 1970. <laughs> I don't know when. <laughs> so, so, that would be the ideal scenario, um, I reckon. Um, but uh, saying that, um, I, I think I might agree with Des here. You know, I think maybe the celebrations of, of the FA Cup uh, will get to Leicester a little bit. I think uh, Chelsea, you know, really have to go on now. They've, 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 they've got something to prove. They need to, they definitely need to get into that, that top four uh, because it's not going to be easy in the, in, the, in the Champions League final. They can't kind of put all the eggs into one basket um, over there. Um, uh, and, you know, Aaron Thomas Tuchel, you know, he, he would not want to, um, you know, what was going to be a promising season, you know, just a week ago. He's lost the FA Cup final. If he loses to Leicester, that'll be, you know, a massive blow because, I, I mean, I can't see Liverpool not picking up maximum points in the last two he games. He will be very, very um, angry. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, don't, I, I don't know how angry he'd be, but uh, Abramovich will be very angry and, and we know he's kind of trigger happy. Um, so, so, you know, anything to... to Literally, kind of with a gun we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Literally. Um, but yeah, I mean, what, what would have been such a promising season? I mean, they've, let, let's, let's be honest, they've recovered remarkably. They're yeah. in a position that no one actually thought Chelsea would be in. Um, but, you know, um, I think, you know, when you get into these kind of positions, there's a certain, um, certain um, you know, uh, they're expected to, to at least win one of the trophies. They're expected to, to, to be in the Champions League spots. Um, and, you know, if they, they fail to do any of those three, um, then, then, you know, um, can, can you put it down to being a success? Um, I don't think you can. And, um, you know, Chelsea, we've seen them be quick to make changes, could easily make that change. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. I, I can uh, see them absolutely. doing that. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, uh, I, I think he's there, but he, he needs to get it over the line, uh, Tuchel. He really does. All right. Um, one team, obviously, keeping a massive eye on that will be Liverpool. Liverpool are away to Burnley. It will be a turf moor with fans, Des Corkill. Now, just, just referring back to the West Brom game a little, I understand Liverpool had shots. Not a lot of them were on target. The, the finishing wasn't top. That has to improve against Burnley, especially a turf moor with fans. Yeah, it, it, the, the fans think it, it's only three and a half thousand. So a full turf moor is very different from a three and a half thousand turf moor. And it'll, it'll make a difference. It'll get Burnley off the beach where, where we've suggested they were for the game against Leeds. Uh, I think a lot of this, and Craig alluded to it earlier, was that uh, I don't know if Nick Pope is out for a while. Because if he plays, Burnley are different defensively. Yeah, when he was also my goalie for, for fantasy, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's, 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 a, he's, a, he's an incredible goalkeeper, fabulous goalkeeper. And Burnley are a different team when, when, he, when he is in. So I'm not sure of his status. And I think that might be crucial. Liverpool are a little bit shot shy at the moment. Their, their goal conversion rate is ridiculously low. Uh, it, it's another 20-odd shots, another 10 on target uh, yesterday, I think it was. But, but their, their percentage of, of shot conversion is... is it, you're normally a one in five, I think, 20%, and they're way below that. They're five or 6% over the last, um, uh, well, in, in, in this calendar year. One so, man team, one man team. They're all Salah. It's all Salah. <laughs> it's, in, it's incredible. That will change whether or not, a bit like Chelsea, whether or not it changes in a surge. Remember this Liverpool team that scored seven at Crystal Palace? 
seven from eight shots. Yeah. And that was the last time they really had shot conversion. So they, they, they're not bad players overnight, but um, it, it becomes it becomes squeaky bum time where you've got to go to Burnley and win. You hope Burnley are on the beach. You hope Bailey Pe- Peacock's in goal. And then you hope Crystal Palace have decided to turn up and not do anything at, at Anfield. So it's, it's a brilliant ending to the season. No matter One what, thing- however it ends, it's a yeah. sensational end. Yeah, yeah. What one thing is a hundred percent certain, it will be a very physical Burnley that that turns up at Turf Moor. That, so yeah, watch out, Liverpool centre backs. All right, Everton Wolves, uh, Tottenham, Aston Villa, West Brom, West Ham are the other big Premier League games. Full program over Tuesday and Wednesday. Do check it out. We must quickly talk about the Championship playoffs. It is the what third, fourth, fifth, and sixth place teams in the championship. They all face off against each other. Bournemouth against Brentford is Jonathan Woodgate's Bournemouth, who are in terrible form. I think they've lost the last two or three. Uh, against perennial playoff merchants, Brentford. Uh, Arvin Sidhu, one of these days, Brentford's going to win one of these and get promoted. If there's ever a chance for them to do it, it would be this season. When even you look at the other pot and you've got Barnsley and Swansea, it, it it's there for Brentford's taking. I mean, I mean, Ivan Tony, 31 goals. They've got Brian and Bomo coming in from the right on the wing. Uh, they know the feeling of losing last season's final against Fulham. Uh, they're missing a couple of players, which have actually, when, when I was watching Leeds in the Championship, really good players. Henrik Dalsgaard, Rico Henry, Josh De Silva. Those guys are out. But Bournemouth are outsiders on this. Woodgate would hope somehow they lost to Brentford towards the end of the end of the championship season in the league. And now they're gonna go play them in, in the playoff, which anything can happen. But then you've got the likes of maybe Jack Wilshire coming in. Uh Asman Begovic is still their keeper. So Brentford undefeated in 12th. If there's ever a chance for Thomas Frank to bring this team up, and not just talking about the, the semi-finals, winning the final itself. When you look at the other two, three teams, Brentford need to do it this season. It's not on Astro, but I urge you to stream it because they are two-legged ties. They are played... Legally, legally. Yeah, obviously there's. Is there any other way we suggest things to people? Um, no, but um, well worth the watch. It's a 1am kickoff, that one. The other playoff pits Barnsley against Swansea. Valerian Ismail is the surprise man. He came in, what, August, September into Barnsley. He's totally made them a proper outfit. Who do you fancy in this one, Craig? Um, Swansea for me. Um, I, I've been very impressed with, with Barnsley um, kind of getting into, um, you know, the playoff places. Uh, I didn't, didn't really expect that. Didn't see it coming. Um, but I think, you know, under uh, Steve Cooper, um, I think uh, Swansea have been, been really good, you know. Um, throughout the season, they've, they've kind of been there or thereabouts uh, within those places. Um, I actually thought, you know, they, they, they would have uh, finished in the top two, uh, to be honest with you. But, um, you know, they, they, they went through a bit of a blip and, and, and didn't really recover. Um, but, you know, I, I, you talk about, you know, Brentford always being there and all that. I mean, it would be good to see uh, Swansea back in. You know, Steve Cooper's a, a coach that I really rate. Um, you know, he's been in the, in, involved with the England setup, um, plays football the right way, Swansea team plays football the right way. Um, and, and it would be good to see them. Um, it's going to be tough uh, regardless, you know, I think um, with, you know, with these playoffs, you know, I, it never goes how you expect it to. No. Um, if that's something that we've learned <laughs> over the years, you know, favourites are never favourites. And uh, um, I think, you know, when, when you get to this time of the season, you know, after, was it 46 games or whatever it is, um, you know, there's a certain um, exhaustion uh, for the players and, and you know, you don't really uh, get the best out of them. But it's, it's going to be thrilling, you know. I love watching the playoffs because you just never know what's going to happen and, and what it, it throws up. So um, uh, I'm expecting Swansea to get through this. Um, and, and, you know, for the final, I'm expecting a Swansea and, and uh, Bournemouth final. Okay. Uh, very quick last word from Des. Des, who are who, who are your two for the final, and who do you fancy to go up? Well, uh, this is one of those where I expect Barnsley to kick seven bells out of Swansea whenever they have the opportunity. They'll be physical. They'll be rough because um, uh, if they can upset Swansea, who are a nice footballing team, but 
the playoffs aren't the time to be a nice footballing team. And Sw- <laughs> yeah, Sw- yeah. Sw- Swansea are, are struggling as well. It's only one win in five or so, so they're staggering over the line. Whereas Barnsley, they finished the season with a two-all draw at Norwich, where the Norwich had decided to um, to go on the holidays. I'm not sure. But I just get this horrible feeling. Swansea need this. I know Swansea have spent a shed load of money. And if mm. they um, if they don't get up, it could be curtains. It could be they just plummet down uh, because they're, they're running out of money, I understand, at Swansea. Uh, but I can see Barnsley just kicking seven bells out of them and then trying to do the same in the, in the, in the playoff final as well. Barnsley in the Premier League, straight back down again. <laughs> straight back down. There's a song, right? Uh, all right, then. That's it. That's your football for the week. I've got to say thanks to Arvin Sidhu. Thanks, everyone. Uh, thanks to Craig Morais. Thank you very much. And Des Corkill. Alison! <laughs> Have a great week, everybody. Back on Friday. Bye now. Off the ball every Monday on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.